0: Hey guys, what's up? This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into another episode of the EXO Podcast. I am so happy to have on Doug today. He goes by the artist name of Purge. Him and I just released a collaboration called Home. Thank you guys to everyone who has been streaming it with releases on Welcome Records, Subsidia, so many labels. He works on so many ends of the front and the back of the industry with co-writing, engineering, and much more. I'm so pumped Doug had the time to sit down with me and talk about it. I'm so pumped Doug had the time to sit down and chat. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning in to the XO Podcast. Michael, my manager, messaged me this morning, and he's like, yo, home's fucking crushing right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it too, and we're just like, fuck, this is doing pretty good.
0: Right? Right. No. And it's, it's, it's awesome. The, the playlist thing was great. Like I'm just, I'm hype. Everybody's been as into it as we were, you know, that's always good when that happens, when you like love a song and then, you know, sometimes you put stuff out and it doesn't really stick and other times you put stuff yeah. out and people are like obsessed with it.
1: I know. And that happens.
0: It, it definitely does happen. It's just part of the process.
1: But this um, song that I was like really, really excited about like, um, seeing if it was gonna like pop off or not too so i'm super happy it did because oh, i'm too. like super obsessed with this like type of like um like new wave melodic dubstep shit you know what i mean
0: dude it is the move i can tell you that right now that like when you look at the way that our kind of sound is evolving just in this genre in general i really do feel like this is the music that is on the up and up and in and in that's gonna come about and you're gonna have to like adapt because I feel like people are just ready to hear more like actual like song structure and songs and like all of that shit
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: oh for sure
1: at the end of the day it's just like like are you gonna be able to like listen to it over and over again yeah like at home I don't know, chilling, drinking coffee or something. You right?
0: Know? No, for <laughs> sure. Um, and it's just kind of like that listenability that makes it really fucking awesome. Thank you so much, Doug, for coming on the show. I'm really fucking stoked we were able to make this work. Um, for all of the listeners listening, this wonderful human is known by the artist's name of Purge. He does so much work in, and, in the front end and, and back end of the industry. Him and I just released a song called Home about two weeks ago. And it's doing phenomenal. I know a lot of people who are fans of Doug have listened, fans of myself have listened. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, Doug.
1: Of course. been trying to make it happen for a minute already.
0: I know, right? <laughs> I feel like that's how it always is. Everybody's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. And then life just gets busy. And I feel like right now, life is just getting busier than ever coming out of oh, COVID. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's- so You were in, um, LA last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. What were you doing out there? You said you were doing some work, right?
1: Yeah. I go out there to do like a lot of like work for my friends and stuff like that. I've been working on my friends. Um, they're called Alexander smash. They're super, super new, but one of the guys is like, Run DMC's son, um, Jam Master Jay's son from Run DMC, and the other guy's like
0: no the shit. biggest
1: club DJ in Houston. And I've just been helping co-write their music for a bit now. And they're making hella moves already. They only have like three songs out, and they have a song coming out next week with a Nightmare already what on Ultra fuck? Music. Yeah, this is the fourth what? release. And they have an Ultra release already. Jesus Christ.
0: Dude, it's like, it's just all about, it's all about the grind. And I think so many people don't realize whether like you're reinventing yourself or rebranding or like doing a new project, how long it actually takes to like get that, workflow under control and like see the vision clearly before you're able to just like hit the ground running and have shit like stick on
1: the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And they they were ready for it. They were ready to launch this project. Like if you just looked at the project, like the artwork is so beautiful. Like their brand they have like their branding down yes. so tight. I don't know. It's just they came out the gate super hot. So it's I mean I'm not surprised that they're like popping off so quick.
0: That's fucking sick. And and you, I know you do like, you've had crazy releases this year already. You've had a handful on Subsidia. You just had one yeah. on Welcome Records. And then you've done a shit ton of independent releases, which yeah. is, I feel like that's the move is like that balance. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, the independent releases. Honestly, most of my independent releases are like the really melodic ones. Nobody wants to sign like my melodic songs, surprisingly enough. And I think, I always think those are the ones that are going to be like, oh yeah, this will definitely get signed. But nobody wants to pick those up. Everybody just wants to pick up like my heavier tunes and that always catches me off guard.
0: That's just so weird because it's like, if you look at data too, like if you look at streaming numbers just based off of Spotify, I just feel like, I don't know if it's if it's like this gate where the labels that, you know, you and I are generally submitting to are more like electronic dance music focused, whereas mm-hmm. like they're looking for those bangers. They're looking for the ones that are going to do chart numbers at the festivals, next Y and Z, especially coming out of COVID. But for like a general listener, all of those melodic songs beat the hell out of any streaming numbers of any of like the heavier shit.
1: Yeah, I don't know what no. that is. I don't I have no idea what that's about. Like, I I looked at like my all these independent songs that we've been putting out have they're just blowing the streaming numbers out of the water, and we're like, we're not really putting that much money into it either, like promo wise or anything like that. It's just getting picked up on its own, really. You know, maybe just with like Instagram ads and like a you know a little bit of promo, but like it's I don't know. You'd figure like these bigger label releases would be like the most streamed songs or something like that. No, that's just not the case. Like we've been having way more success doing these independent releases than the label releases. And that's not the shit on the labels, but I don't know why that is. It's just this, this, the, <coughs> the type of music people like that melodic haunting, you know, vibe.
0: Well, it's like that formula and it's like that formula where if you can hit it on the head between the lyrics and like, if you really look at like home, which is a track that Doug and I released about two weeks ago, it's gotten crazy support. So thank you to anybody who's listened. Um, like if you really look at home, it's kind of really pretty simplistic and embellished with like, well, it's like really relatable Total too. Shit. like you listen to yes. the
1: lyrics and yes. it's like super relatable. Like. I don't know, like, it makes me, when I when I hear the lyrics, I, like, start thinking about my girlfriend. I start thinking about my dogs. I start, like, getting in my feels. I'm like, oh, my God.
0: Right, oh my right. Face. And it's, like, that's the goal. And I feel like, for the longest time, I felt like I was just, like, and I'm sure in your, like, earlier stages in your career, you may have felt the same way, too. But I felt like I was just, like, using these reference tracks and going in, like, these sound design sessions and being, like, okay, like, I'm putting this shit together. And, like, it's cool but it's not like pushing emotion, like off the fucking stereo system, you know? And like, I felt like this was one of the first tracks that I was able to be a part of that. It did that. Cause it's like, I'm getting videos of like kids singing it in the car. And it's like, when does that happen with like at people at our level, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like a learning lesson for up and comers too, where it's like, Hey, like don't get discouraged if the label thing isn't working for you like if you think like a track is solid and you have like multiple ears on it and they're all telling you the same thing, like release that shit and see what it does
1: right yeah. i mean it's i I look at like, like somebody like seven lines as like a really really good example because I don't know it's 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 not like he got big overnight he like just kept releasing this like really consistent like really. Beautiful, like the I don't know, beautiful music that people were really related to. And like people just started screaming it at his live shows. And then I don't know. And especially when he went more independent and started his own label and stuff like that. He like really blew up, you know? So he's I'm created I like, created this
0: culture too, you know, like that has yeah. that niche sound that he's always done.
1: Right. And I really look at him as like a huge influence even though the music may not be that that similar it's like kind of similar but like you know as far as career path like watching his steps was really like oh you know
0: I feel like it's like a longer path too and I feel like so I mean I'm impatient as fuck I think all artists are impatient as fuck but like if you're able to like I tell all of my kids on Patreon or kids who take lessons, it's just, this is a very long road if you want it to be a sustainable career path. If you want to just be support for the rest of your life and be on the touring bills and all that shit and like hardly make anything and just get by, that is a quicker career path. And that's totally okay to take. But if you want to sustain this for the next decade to two decades of your life, because like every career does have a shelf. You know, and you do have like an end date, but I feel like the the more of a foundation that you put in and the longer that you take to build these bricks of like you know stone instead of straw, like the better it's gonna be on the other side because just as quickly as you can go up, you can come right back down
1: absolutely absolutely i I think about that shit all the time, and it's it really really makes me wanna work harder on like building my own lane rather than trying to, and I've always kind of not totally fit into like the like base clicks or like trap guys or like any of those guys. Like I'm I'm friends with a lot of those guys, but I I don't feel like I'm in the clicks. You know what I mean? Like I've always kind of just been like the guy like kind of on the outside That's, that's like friends with everybody, but like not totally integrated into like, the system, or like the I industry. literally feel
0: the same way. I feel the same exact way. Yeah, like I get you there, and it's like there's there's definitely like pros and cons to it. Where it's like you can sit down and everyone knows your name, and you're like homies, but you're not necessarily the first person that someone's gonna do like a favor for. You know,
1: yeah, and yeah, yeah.
0: So I feel like when it comes to that, it's like if you decide to take that lane and not really sit down at one of the fucking high school kids tables like you really have to have your like art speak for yourself and that's what I feel like you've done the past x amount of years i remember the first time i met you it was the first time that i had ever been on the other side of attending a festival which was edc orlando what 2018 2019 when you played I think, yeah yeah 2018 and i remember meeting you met eric and i was just like damn, like, this is, this is cool. And ever since then, I've just, like, watched you completely, like, flourish in your own lane. And, like, is this the path that you've kind of always seen for yourself? Or have you just kind of been going along for the ride and just, like, deciding to just put out shit, like, consistently?
1: To be honest, it did kind of start off as, like, going along for the ride. I kind of just, I saw an opportunity, you know, to... I saw like money, you know what I mean? And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what it was at first. I was just like, oh man, this electronic stuff looks like it's a lot of money. Like you just got to show up with a USB stick and you you get money. Right. Wow. Cool, <laughs> wow. You know? But then the more, I don't know, the more and more as years have gone by and I've seen, I've been very influenced by other artists, you know, like I keep seeing these artists live that I'm just like, wow, I really want to do that. You know, I I don't think this is just about money anymore. This is, like, this is about, like, leaving an impact on, like, the world and, like, you know, trying to leave a legacy behind. Mm -hmm. And I, like, really, it was, like, artists, like, seeing, like, Nero live, I was, like, oh, shit. You saw them the
0: other day, right?
1: Yeah. Okay, tell me about that.
0: I would cry. I would be on the floor crying. They're one of the, like, few groups that are just, like, inspiration level like here from that oh like, yeah i, I listen know. to Nero
1: like every other day yeah at yeah. least at least for electronic music too because like i'm not I, I didn't come from like electronic music by any means like i listened to a lot of punk and like hardcore and metalcore and stuff like that so like nero is like one of those artists where it's just like it's really special to me because like it's for me to step out of my comfort zone and listen to like an electronic artist is that's like huge but mm-hmm. like nero's so artistic like, it's, the music is all so cohesive. But, like, so, every song is so different. But then, like, live, it's just so emotional. Even, like, the heavy songs have, like, this, like, emotion to it where you're just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's you know, like, and I don't know how to explain that, you know, but that's what gap. I want. Mm-hmm.
0: No, absolutely. That I mean, that's the epitome of what I want, too. And I feel like home reached that, like, 20% threshold of like a neuro, Yeah, because, yeah. Because it's just like they bridge that gap of all these different genres and then being so, they're known as like an electronic group, but they're almost like an alt electronic rock kind of trio yeah. that's just absolutely insane when they decide to do their live show and they've got the singer and they have everything. And you work with female vocalists so often, so I can understand why that would be kind of a facet of like inspiration there.
1: It is. I don't know. It's something, something about like females voices singing. Like they, they have, they capture this like emotion so much differently than a lot of guys. There's the other guy that I love working with Dave. He's like one of my best friends. And there's something about his voice too, where he's just like, he'll like send me some shit. And it's like, he's He's just like a draft or something, you know, it's just like his first demo take. And he's just like, I don't know about this. And I'm like, dude, what? Like, I'll get chills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You know, that's that's what right off the bat matters to me. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. and And I think there's like that key in having that vocal connection because we get so wrapped up in our little world of producers that is literally like 5% of everyone who makes up this industry and like all the fans and all the consumers and to have a vocalist is such an important key part in being able to connect with your audience because that's what they're going to remember. Like out of every song, even if they have no vocals, what do they remember most? The vocal pre-drop, you know, you know, what do they remember most? The lyrics. And the more that you can like tell your story with those lyrics, it's like then the music just kind of like falls into place if you're working with the right producer.
1: Yeah, even like heavier songs, like mm-hmm. like Gristronics, like that pre-drop vocal was just so perfect, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh like
1: it, it just re- it was so relatable to so many people at the time because it was just that that's like what everybody was saying, you know, that was like the meme thing to say for a while. Ooh, this should be hitting different.
0: it was really like that and then you saw it chart and then you just saw it fucking everywhere and it's just so simple sometimes i was just talking with a friend earlier and we were just kind of like shooting the shit and it's like i could see that song coming to fruition in like a matter of hours like from a production standpoint you know what i'm saying and it's just sometimes i over like overcomplicate shit and you just have to take a step back and simplify it, and embellish on the subtle details, and that's like wow. how you, you know, get there.
1: Yes, yeah, those little details matter so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, the subtleties, and you know what I mean. But yeah, simple dude, simplifying shit was—it's such a hard thing.
0: It's hard. You, want it. you would think it'd be easy, but it's hard.
1: Yeah, I think about that all the time because I'll get into I'll. I'll have a song and I'll work on it and I'll just beat it up. And then it'll be like, what am I doing? I should, this should be way simpler than this. Cause if you listen to like all, like the biggest two, like all Grime, you know, something like that. So simple, so simple, but so effective and like, so emotive, like all Grimes, another one where it's just like, holy cow, you know, there isn't a lot of, a lot of complex production there, but, it's so emotive mm-hmm. and moving every and he's time able
0: to take like a synth and like turn it into this like melody that becomes the motif for like the whole fucking song and then it's just like working on like the bottom end of it and i just i sit here all the time because i just like will look and i'll be like why the fuck do i have this many tracks like why is this like yeah. why am i overcomplicating? but to simplify everything you have to deem what's more important than the other thing. And then right, you have to right. make a decision. And, right. you know, sometimes I'll look at a project and it's like, hey, you have, like, four tracks here. How about we, like, separate all of this shit? And I don't know. But, like, how long have you really been producing for? We, we I've never gotten to talk to you about your, like, background and back end. So I would love oh, to hear man.
1: Before, like, electronic music, I was doing, like, all metalcore bands and stuff like that from, like, Central Florida or, like, from the South in general. Like, people Who did you from... used to work with? So many people. One of my claim to fame was uh recording, you know, Attila. Yeah. I to to
0: yeah.
1: So I used to record Franz, the lead singer's, uh, like, guest vocals, all the time. Okay. So I have, like, credits on, like, albums like Upon and Burning Body, but, like, all over the place. Yeah, I used to record his vocals and engineer his vocals because he moved to Orlando, like, sometime mm-hmm. in, like, 2014 I think it was or something like that and I was just recording bands and I, somewhere along the lines he just had ended up at my house because like my studio was like the spot where like kids would just come and chill and he just ended up there one day and he was just like oh you do all this I live here I need somebody to do all this for me and that was like one of my claim to fames in that scene you know
0: yeah absolutely so I was doing that
1: for a while and then It was Eric. I was Eric was in a band that I was producing and working with for like the longest time and he had left that band and I'm sure he got into like the Orlando EDM scene. He was like a promoter or something like that. And it was just like one day he just like messaged me because he saw that I had been playing around with like just crappy, I don't know, EDM tunes. I think I was like, I got into like listening to Dead Mouse or something like that back then. And and I was like trying to copy that. And I was just posting these random SoundCloud links on my Facebook just for fun. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't serious at all. And he saw that and he was just like, hey, like, you know, I I kind of do this. Like I'm kind of in this scene. Maybe sh- we should try and like make something, you know, and see what happens. And it, yeah. yeah, and it was just... I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, this could be fun. But it you just know. like after a while, I, I it took me a while to warm up to it because I just didn't get it. I came from like I was such a metalhead. I was so like elitist about like metal. I was just like, I, I, I don't get it. But whatever. This I was even... the
0: same way. I remember yeah. I was because that tooth. I remember when Attila. I used to be in a band um, when I was in high school. Dude, I
1: just and, like, recently heard this. Somebody messaged me and was just like. Was this the Lizzie Jane that was in the metalcore band? I was just like, what? I don't yeah, I so, know about this. <laughs>
0: that was me. Um, and I I had a I had a three-piece fucking like alt-rock post hardcore band that I did dates what? with like Woe Is Me. We did oh rookie here. I I played with the till I've opened for them at State Theater in Tampa. Wow. I used to live at local 662, like Code Orange, August Burns Red, Parkway Drive, like dates with wow,
1: all of them. wow.
0: So, so they like, that's how, who I was. And I was like 16 playing in a band with fucking like 25 year olds, but it was fine. And, yeah. and, and it, you know, it's fine, whatever. And um so then my friend was like, yo, like you're turning 18, like let's go to a rave. And I was like, hmm, I don't really know. I don't really consider yeah. that music. Like, I don't think that's like real music. So they took me to Borgor and, Shout out, you know, Borgor. He's, he's a G, don't get me wrong. But I was yeah. just like disgusted. I came from like a scene yeah. where like everyone wore like fucking like flannels and the beanies and no one was like naked. And then I walked into this club and I saw like tits and ass everywhere. Disgusting. And I was like, yeah. yo, I was like, I'm not ready for this shit. So then <laughs> yeah. I fucking held off. And then when I was like 19, my friend took me to RL Grime. And that was it's a
1: different vibe.
0: It was his Void tour. So it was like Um, in it was in a warehouse in Orlando and it was just breathtaking. And I was like, that's it. This is it.
1: And now you probably like you probably like have totally like accepted Borgor and you probably love Borgor. Like oh yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. I have, like, a terrible video camera where it, like, decides to unfocus and focus sometimes. Oh. So there you go. But, um, yeah, no, and now, like, he's a shit. Like, I've played dates with him and stuff, and I, like, I totally get it now. But as, like, an outsider at the time, which is probably how you felt as well when you were yeah. hopping over, you were like, all right, this is kind of, like, weird. Because you're coming from, like, a place that has, like, even though a lot of, like, metal drums were programmed, like, the double bass drum, double yeah, kick and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, I totally get that but it was like you're working with maybe you know 15 to 20 trackings double guitars harmonies the vocals mm-hmm. are where you have the most tracking and then you go into like this whole other realm and this guy's like oh yeah i've got 250 tracks in this one project and you're like what <laughs> and yeah
1: i remember yeah. people like first started introducing me to edm with like skrillex's uh like dubstep stuff and i remember i fucking hate it I was just like this is not for me maybe dubstep's just not a good introduction into EDM I don't know maybe it's more like like you have to be in it to appreciate it a little more because then I started I I started like I forgot where I started hearing dead mouse I think I was like I had like a summer job or something and I would play it in like the office or something and and I'd be like, what is this? Like, I've never heard this before. But it's like not even that, that much different. But for some reason, like that, that made me want to be like, oh, I want to try and make that. There was something about that that made me want to make that. And now when I go back and listen to Skrillex, I'm like, oh shit, I get it.
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh fuck. Well, the thing for me was like, I can understand for you, maybe back then, like, like, uh, connecting with dead Mao more than like skrillex because i like listen to your music and i feel like i hear like influences from a vocal standpoint and like melody standpoint that like could be taken from that dead Mao like first days you know but but like the dubstep the thing that i could relate to was like the song structure because like i think about like breakdowns and i think about like all of that shit and i'm like this is literally that's like why I'm different. making
1: dubstep now. You know, that's yeah. why I love it now It's because that energy is like so similar to like the metal days and like playing in a band and stuff like that is such a similar vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: energy is so similar. Oh, I love it.
0: And it's like the mosh fits. Like I love all that shit because it makes me yeah. feel like I'm like at this, like it's a different, like, don't get me wrong. Like the the vibe of the crowd overall is different. Um, mm-hmm. However, you know, there's these points in time where you can tell there's metal heads in the crowd and you can tell that they're like fucking with it because it's like, that would be that gateway. And unfortunately, I feel like when we were growing up, I know we have like a little bit of an age difference, but it's like, I was on the tail end of Warped Tour. So Mm -hmm. it's not like to the kids who are our age at that time, this kind of music, just like the metal, the post hardcore, it's not as big as it used to be. And maybe I'm just not as involved, but I think like, Warped for not you know being a thing anymore, like all that stuff was just like a huge decline of and then covid it's like even though we were able to I like know. do shit here and there as a band, you can't do shit like you can't do it, it's you know tough.
1: it's so tough, oh man, yeah, i, 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 I think yeah. back about it now, and I still have some friends in the industry who are like still doing it, and it's just career wise it's so tough, it's so so tough there's the the amount of opportunities that you get in a band to do certain things, is just, it's so limited. It's so limited, you know?
0: And then take that booking fee and divide it by seven, divide it by your manager, your agent, and all of the band members. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I've seen so many of my friends who look like they're about to like start these really dope bands and then they'll break up like a year later, you know? Like, they'll they'll be so solid. They'll come out with music videos and it'll be just like, yeah, dude, that looks like it's going to blow up. And then it's just like, it just dies a year later and it's so hard to sustain. And I feel bad because, like, I I love the music so much. But, like, even the bigger bands, I feel like, are struggling still. Unless they've figured out, like, like other incomes, you know what I mean? Other Mm -hmm. streams of revenue, I, I think a lot of them are struggling
0: yeah like Attila
1: like Franz he's making money off of so much other shit he's he he was he did an interview recently with like Adam 22 from like the No Jumper podcast okay yeah 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 the hip-hop podcast and Mm -hmm. he said he like doesn't even really make money off of Attila he was making more money off of like his OnlyFans and like I don't know he has a bunch of different businesses he's like recycling cell phones and like I don't know I feel like that's what
0: you have to do though like especially if And like you even look at our industry and it's like, I feel like when you look at that just bands in general, it's so hard to find three to four to five other individuals that their goals and their lives align with your goals and your lives, you know, so So tough. tough. And, and especially at our age, it's like, people are getting married. People are having kids, people are doing all of this other stuff. And as you get older, it gets harder if you don't reach a certain level in your career and you have other people in your ear and X, Y, and Z. And that was why I, you know, parted ways and like, I'm sure like you had a point where it was like, Hey, I got to go to this like other genre because it just is so hard to depend on other people. And before I understood the back end of this industry, where it was like, Hey, even though you're the only one on stage, your team is kind of like your band and they kind of have to be in line with your vision and your goals and they can make or break you. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, like I can be majority the responsible of what does or doesn't happen to me. And that's why I feel like I ended up like in this genre. I don't know if you can relate to that at all.
1: It's, it's very relatable. I think for me, like, I was ready and willing to, like, make the band thing work, but it was it was very, very much harder to get other people on the same drive, the same, mm-hmm. like, passion of, like, making that a career path, you know, because I think a lot of people, when they look at music, they don't look at it as, like, a career path in general, even, like, in EDM or, like, in metalcore, like, when people initially get into it, a lot of people don't look at it as a career path, and that was, like, me from the very beginning, because I went to audio engineering school, so I was just like, I'm trying to make this like a career for sure. Like in mm-hmm. some way, even if I'm like just back ending producing for the rest of my life, like Pharrell or something, that'd be sick. I'd be super down with that, you know. But yeah. like that's I mean, that's what made the band thing hard is because like just because I have that drive doesn't mean the three other dudes are going to have that drive. At all, you know what I mean?
0: For sure. Maybe this
1: is just fun for them. And that's fine. You know what I mean? That's that's nothing against them, but it's that it makes it impossible to like take it to the next step.
0: You don't want to leave that window of opportunity where you're depending on someone else and depending on mm. their decision, it could make or break like your intentions and like your drive. And, right. and yeah, that's why I feel like I admire bands so much because if they fucking make that shit work, it's absolutely incredible. Um and like even now I feel like in our genre COVID or not you have to have other forms of income like you have to be doing other audio engineering work or you're working a second job that's not in music or you oh, know yeah. you have like a great trust fund like it's one of three things so right. so so it's like I know you do a lot of work on the back end as well but. Have you kind of enjoyed dabbling in other facets of production that aren't necessarily associated with Purge?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love yeah. I love just making music, especially, I don't know, I love working with people that, you know, give me a lot of creative space. Mm-hmm. And I, I was talking about Alexander Smash before, and they're like one of those guys where they really, really embrace, um, like, my creativity and, like, you know, my flow. And I think it creates, like, a really, really, I don't know, positive atmosphere for, like, just building, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, I I love just making music. It's, You know, I've been making a lot of, like, or I've been co-writing, like, a lot of, like, house music and stuff like that for people. And I love that stuff, too. I love, love that stuff, like, deep tech house stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I've been making a lot. And I think it's, like, a cool outlet as well because you know, I don't get that urge to like make a side project anymore or something like that, you know, like I can, I'll go and do that. And then like, when I come back and do my stuff, it's like a, it's almost like a re-energizing where I feel like, okay, yeah, my head's fully in this, in my genre now.
0: It's like you're refreshed.
1: Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not thinking about that stuff anymore. It was like, I don't know. Cause I always get these like urges to like, oh, I want to do, this kind of music I want to do this kind of music and I'm doing that with all these other people so when I get back to mine I don't I don't feel that energy anymore mm-hmm. you know I just feel my energy
0: you cannot write dubstep 24 7 I can say it's that tough. right now it's, it's tough, tough. Yeah. yeah yeah any any form of that even like lately I feel like I've just been writing like singer songwriter shit because It's just, I just like see, I see all of these like uh, discussions on like Twitter or Reddit or different platforms. And I see labels that have predominantly been known as EDM labels that take EDM structured type songs. And they're starting to accept these EPs from like singers and songwriters. And they're starting to accept these EPs that are like co-written by a shit ton of people. And I feel like that's the future. And I just wish like our little bass niche would- get it out of their head that like working with somebody else is not like an end all be all. And that doesn't mean you're being ghost produced for either, you know? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. There's such a bad stigma about like having co-writers and stuff like that. And I kind of don't know where that's well, mm, well, some people, uh, honestly, some people are really just like buying and selling songs, though that there is. But that's is a ghost production.
0: There. That's the difference. Yeah,
1: yeah, like, and that's not what work, I'm doing. Like I'm yeah. legitimately working with my artists, and like my artists are like, you know, they're adding stuff to the. Pr- it's almost like collabing, but it's just mm-hmm. like I'm a secret writer pretty much. Yeah. not even a secret like if you you're go to private. spotify you can see my name on it yeah, yeah. so it's like
0: and that's where i no feel way. like it's fair you know yeah
1: it's super fair and that that's like real like producing i think yeah i'm not h- super huge into like just like buying and selling songs i think that's a little weird i think if if you're if you're planning on being an artist and moving in the space you should have an idea of what you want you know you should you know, and I've I've worked with people like that before, too. I've worked with people who just want to buy songs for me. And it's just like, it, I just, I can't
0: take time. And do they just put, yeah. it, they put like a threshold on themselves because right. like this shit is hard. But by no means am I a fucking rocket scientist. Like everyone starts at like a certain level where you're going to suck. Like the only way to not suck is to start and commit yourself, and get better, and then all of a sudden you're going to turn around one day, and you're going to be like, holy shit, like those last three years of me sucking, now I'm writing some shit that's like, kind of hot, like that's kind of kicking, and it's mm-hmm. just time, but people for some reason that like, the the thing that always got me with the whole ghost production aspect is I get it in pop music, I get it even in, even in huge electronic albums, there's 20 different writers, 30 different writers.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But,
0: like, as an up-and-coming artist, like, we're called producers and artists. So, like, I feel like you should probably, like, try and produce or have this aspiration for yourself to have, like, a goal in mind to where you want to go. There's so yeah. many such as yourself, such as I think of, like, Defy Society. I think of Ill Gates School, where, like, take that money you were paying for ghost production and invest it into yourself. And you're going to go mm-hmm. so much further. And some people just mm-hmm. don't want to have they just don't have the patience or they just don't want to put the work in or they just want it to be a hobby and it be like a two three year thing and then kick the bucket and move on
1: yeah unfortunately i've had i've worked with people in the past who who really they just have money and it's just like they want to be popping and it's just like unfortunately it's just like a lot of the ideas were so uninspired and it's just like do you really want to do this, or like mm-hmm. you just think it's a good idea because you have money to put into it, you know, and it's just those are never ever successful you know i, I look back at those guys and they're they're just not doing it anymore, yeah, and I have songs out with them and with my name on it, and it's just there's, they just don't go anywhere, and it's just like yeah. damn
0: and and it's just like I don't know it's it's just a threshold like put on yourself and and I just I was always just like perplexed by it but it's just a part of this industry and you know it's a great way for people like yourself and like people who are incredibly seasoned to make money to be able to reinvest in themselves but it's always it's always hard and I feel like the co-write kind of concept that's becoming a little bit more widely accepted in our like niche of music is definitely the way to go and I in the future I hope people are like more down for it cuz it's like you don't have to yeah. put purge on a track that you're putting your two cents in and saying hey man like i have some ideas like if if my friend i send my track to to make some master says hey i'm going to swap out this kick i'll be like thank you like thanks for swapping out the kick that's not you yeah, ghost yeah. producing that's you putting your two cents in and like helping like the body with oh, a good idea you know
1: absolutely there's oh my goodness even like i don't i, I wouldn't say i need a co writer or like a co-producer or anything like that but i would totally welcome like having like my homies in like just sitting down with me and just talking about oh maybe she is this kick or like just that kind of stuff or like even make a melody for me doesn't mean that they're on the track or anything like that but like so many people do that in like hip-hop and stuff like that like i've worked on a lot of like hip-hop projects where there's like 10 people sitting in a room and they're all like saying something about the track, but like, there's only one guy's name on the track. Mm -hmm. And that's so accepted in the hip hop industry. And like having like just that many friends, just like collaborating with you on your project can add so much value and like so much perspective that, you know, most people would totally take for granted. I think, you know, I, I totally welcome working with people, totally, totally welcome that, especially if it's just like for credits or whatever.
0: Definitely. And it's like, in my opinion, you're always going to get a better result, having more minds on it than just one. And that's why like, even in our little niche, I always encourage like everyone around me to get feedback on their shit, because that's like the accepted way in our industry that you're going to get that kind of second opinion and perspective on your track, in order to be like, hey, maybe you should consider this. Hey, maybe you should fix this because if you just sit alone in your room, like, not only are your like ears gonna burn out, but you're just not, you're not like pushing a track to its full potential if you're not hearing the reaction of other people that are gonna listen. Right, to
1: it. right, right. Like you, you're just only getting your perspective on it, and you know your perspective. it's it's so limited by what only what you know or what you have Mm -hmm. experienced. And it's just, that's so finite. People think they've experienced all the music they need to experience and it's just, or experienced all the things they need to experience. And it's just, dude, even your friend like that you think you know all about, like they just, they probably have all these different experiences compared to you that, you know, that you would never, you would never even think about. And they would come to your shit with a completely different perspective altogether. There's just no way, like, you could, you know, you could have enough to be perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's absolutely no way. And it's like, even with, like, home, I remember when I was, like, working on the lyrics where I went to go record them at my homie studio just to give you, like, a rough draft, like, just some ideas. And like even him was like, yo, like you should wrap this up by like adding an outro. Like you should wrap this up by doing this. And I was like, oh, that's a fucking fire idea. And then I did it, and I'm like, now that's my favorite part of the song. So okay. like that would have never happened yeah. oh if my I wouldn't God. share outros. It. You know,
1: outros are the move in 2021.
0: Some people just end the song with like an impact that I, I used to. Don't get me wrong, I used to fucking do that shit. But like, it's just like embellish the song for everything that it is. And I hate how. In our industry, we're just, like, expected to put out, like, a new piece of music every 48 hours. I'm so surprised the impact that Home has left in the two weeks that I still have people messaging me about it. Because usually I release a track, 72 it's hours, 80, you know, 94 hours. It's yeah. done. You're never going to hear about it from Yeah, that person again. Yeah. Dude, so sad. That, it's I've so sad. I've been
1: thinking about that a lot. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's... Man, I think about that a lot too. Holy cow. It's like, is someone going to listen to the song past the two-day mark? (laughs) You know?
0: How are you supposed to make timeless music and release music every 48 hours? How are you? That doesn't, you can't put those two things in the same sentence. You can't even put those two things in the same month, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, people still message me about, like, older songs. Like, the song Never Let This Go I put out on Play Me, Mm -hmm. which was, like, we didn't know how that how good that was going to do but like people still message me about that and it's because we did like that whole campaign about like mental health and then there was that music video that we did that was like all straight you know geared towards mental health and it like left an impact on people you know and people who are just discovering it today are like oh fuck you know whether as like some of the heavier tracks i put out i just you know it'll be like yeah one to two days tops of people like reacting to it, and then it's you just don't hear about it.
0: Yeah, but that's and you know, unless that's, like every DJ is playing it at festivals, it just disappears.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people shoot for with the heavier stuff. Huh? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, I that think that so. It's just it's so interesting because it's like wrapping it back up from like what you said to begin with in, in our the beginning of our chat is like the labels, you know, would pass on these songs that people just revisit and re listen to and know the lyrics know. to, but. The Bangers that just have like a pre drop lyric they're like all about, and it's like that's that's super interesting to me, and like the more that I see of it, I'm like, damn like there there's just some shit like I just will not understand, but at the same time, it's like if those songs are gonna do better number wise, I'd rather than be independent, like I rather own a hundred percent of the master, you know right.
1: I'm so glad we went that route with this song too, me too, me because too. we were pushing it a lot, and we were just like maybe yeah maybe this would be better just us working on it you know putting our like heart and soul into it yeah it worked out it worked Definitely. out so good i couldn't yeah i couldn't believe it. i was so surprised first day got on and dub stepped on i was just like what the
0: hell?" i was teaching a lesson and i got my email and i was like hold up i was like i gotta share some news because <laughs> i was just like freaking out i was like okay this is fucking sick because i know you had been playlisted before but you'd be placed listed in other playlists right Like, yeah
1: because like a a lot of like the melodic stuff doesn't usually end up on dubstep don so I was, no. that was another reason i was also really really surprised i was just like oh wow this is like a really pretty song for dubstep song dubstep don i know They usually and I- end up on like creamy mm-hmm. or like you know one of those like poppier ones which is super dope i love i love it but like I was so shocked, I was just like hell yeah, because I've always wanted to get on that playlist just because. Like it's huge, l-
0: it's massive. Just like,
1: yeah, I listen to that playlist too. Like I right, I, you know, I'll hit the gym and I'll put on dubstep on.
0: And I feel like it'll stand. It stands out too because it's not just like a bang. You know, like it is a banger, but like it's not just a banger. And like most of those songs in that playlist are bangers, so I feel like it sticks out like a sore thumb. So like people will remember it to be able to come back and re-listen and revisit and save it and stuff so I was super pumped on that I just remember when we reached March this year I just went to Michael and I was like yo I don't know what the fuck is going on but my track with 2Kai needs to come out and the track with Purge needs to come out ASAP like ASAP Rocky and and I just wanted to do it like because we're going back into you know, festival season. And it's like, I want people to know these fucking words. And like, now they will when you and I play it. And, and it's just going to be, it's going to be super, super sick. But given that this is like mental health awareness month, I think that's really, really dope that even though it was a long time ago, you kind of like circled a project around it. Cause I feel like more than ever this past year, very much so because of quarantine and our industry cannot exist in isolation. Let's just like put that out there. Um, you know, we've seen it on like social media and other shit that, you know, it's so important that, you know, we're just aware that everyone's going through it. And then and, if you don't see it on somebody's face or somebody's timeline, it's still so important to like check up on your people and like make sure they're Gucci
1: yeah one of the toughest things was uh, dude hearing about like the statistics of like suicides and shit going up yep. I was just one in the world. worse
0: than ever like ever yeah. in a long time.
1: it was something that I struggled with when I was a kid i don't i don't i don't think I struggle with that anymore, but it's just hearing about that is it's really tough i don't mm-hmm. it's i don't know why it's like one of the issues the social issues that like Really, really matter to me a lot, and it's just because it's it's like it's it's just really sad because it's just like I don't know people, even people our age or older are struggling with that really, really hard. They'll be very integrated and have these lives and stuff like that, then out of nowhere,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, And they'll be gone. They'll be gone, and then people are scratching their heads, wondering why the fuck this happened? Why the fuck nobody, you know,
1: intervened.
0: And it's just kind of it's really hard because unfortunately, I feel like in our in our industry, people are just like so fake. And it's like people just like use each other. And like once they get what they want, like, like I've just seen people like, and I'm sure you're the same way because you're an artist. So most artists kind of relate to this, where you're somebody like you're everybody's best friend and everybody cares about you when you're at the club and you're at the festival and right. like all that stuff but then like when you're at home and you're like not doing well like no one's there to be found and no yeah, one gives a rare friend, you know yeah, rare. so i just feel like if you can be like genuine and and like care about people when they're not actually doing shit for you that would be awesome If more people could do that and it's yeah. just like you know So I don't know. It's just, um, it's, it's definitely a lot. And I hope moving forward, like, especially now that shit's getting back to normal, people will just have that in their like conscious state of mind to just be aware of their surroundings and like aware of how their friends are feeling. And like, especially going back on tour and stuff, you're taking people who have been isolated and you're putting them back in like these atmospheres where there's like alcohol and drugs, like fucking everywhere, you know? And it's just, I
1: know. Dude, I know that's the shit. That's tough too. Is people just blacking out? I can. I've already been kind of seeing it too, because like people are just ready to party.
0: Ready, I know. Right now, I know. I'm playing SMF this weekend, and I'm just like, I'm gonna just brace myself to see everything, and just like be aware. And I feel like that's the only thing we can do as artists is just like try and encourage our, you know, the crowd to be as fucking Feasible and 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 you know mind conscious as possible. So yeah, I mean, before we wrap it up, um, is there anything that we can look forward to? Um, also, I wanted your listeners to know that you did just drop a remix on Proximity, which is a huge fucking deal. Yeah, so that was a challenge, right?
1: Yeah, that's a Vegas homie. I love him to death. He's yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah. So what do
0: you do you have anything coming up?
1: Oh man.
0: Yeah, you can like tease kind of sorta.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking okay. music wise, I can't drop anything.
0: Okay.
1: But there's there is a lot of music stuff happening, but we are actually planning a tour Ooh. for August September. Okay. August September ish. Yeah, it's gonna be like a few different festivals mixed in with like a few different clubs, you know. Yeah. And,
0: Some of them are direct
1: support. I'm going to be headlining a few.
0: That's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be cool.
0: I'm excited. I'm I'm heading out to uh, Nola to play that event that you played a few. Yeah, the oh
1: my goodness, it's a that looks lit. That looks
0: so lit. Yeah, Yeah, it's
1: the perfect time to play too because they like I think they just opened up. Like they're opening up the capacity too. So I just recently saw one of the shows they did this past week and I was just like, Oh, sick. I wish I was doing it now.
0: Yeah, 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 No, but it's gonna be super, super sick. But I'm sure Vegas is like starting to pop off.
1: Vegas is crazy. I just saw Dead Mouse and Nero. It was like sold out. There was ten thousand people. I was just like We're coming to
0: Vegas, July um i play in i play a show in california on the 9th we're coming the 10th to the 13th so we'll have to meet just to I would hang love, yeah just to hang i would love to meet hang you to and your system? girlfriend
1: yeah absolutely Let's do it. oh my Let's god do it. Wait, we're 10th? gonna stay at encore is it june july
0: july july, july?
1: Oh, okay hell yeah dude yeah yeah, yeah. that'll yeah. be awesome
0: yeah this will be we came for the first time in um Quarantine. We just had to get the fuck out of here because we were just going crazy. So we went to uh we went to a hotel in Vegas and like everything was closed and we had to wear our mask everywhere. So we were like, okay, let's go back now that everything's open. And I think we bought tickets to see some comedian and then we're gonna see Rl Grime at Encore at, yeah. Hinn, at the pool, the pool or whatever that is. Yeah, the beach yeah, yeah. club. Yeah. So so that'll be that'll be fun. We just, we just have it. Yeah, it's slamming. I'm, I'm so it'll be fun i'm pumped it'll be fun for sure but thank you so much for coming on the podcast i'm glad we got to talk like I'm glad our yeah, tunes same. out please for everyone listening go and stream home uh track with purge and i just dropped a few weeks ago um but yeah thank you so much dude i'm gonna stop recording all
1: right
0: all right peace out Yay! Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.